0: from liverpool england my model of business is the beatles you know they were four very talented guys hello i'm jack and you're listening to the here there and everywhere podcast an interview show about the beatles influence in the past present and future across the universe and across generations i'd like to welcome rivka reyes onto the podcast today rivka is a comedian a writer, the host of the podcast, Where Are We Now?, and an actor you might know from the iconic film School of Rock or the Netflix show Easy. Rivka is a huge Beatles fan, so let's jump right into the conversation. Hey, Rivka, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jack. It's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I had a, um, you know, today is, you know, 222 of the year 2022, and... I am feeling very raw and emotional, and I had a very, you know, just um, busy, like, jam-packed day, um, but I'm glad to be home and, like, kind of settled in now to to chat with you, you know?
0: Sweet. So, can you tell us how you grew up and how you became involved with music?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Um, my parents, um, my mom's Filipino, my dad's Jewish, and then I have three younger siblings. Um, The twins are are four years younger than me. And then I have a baby brother who's 11 years younger than me. And we all grew up in the same house um, in Chicago. I started playing music when I was like four. Uh, Well, really, I started taking like music lessons when I was like two. And it was mostly percussion and clapping and like learning what rhythm is and singing classic, you know, kid songs. And then when I was four... Basically, my parents were like, "Uh, would you like to play an instrument? I said, yes. And they allowed me to pick from violin, piano, cello, flute. And I picked violin. And then I had one violin lesson and I hated it. And my mom tells it like I kept on turning the violin on its side and strumming it. And I was more interested in playing the strings. So she was like, oh, I think this kid is meant to play guitar. And so I enrolled in guitar lessons and, and took classical guitar from when I was four until I was in high school. And I still, you know, I still, I still can noodle around classically uh, today.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like music has always been a big part of your life.
1: Big part of my life. Yeah, my mom, when she was pregnant with me, would uh, blast Mariah, Whitney, all the divas, which is, I think, has a little to do with the fact that I'm a singer, And then when I was a baby, she would play classical music um, to help me calm down and like fall asleep because I was a pretty um, anxious baby. And she would put on the Nutcracker Suite, played on classical guitar, which is, I think, how I ended up, you know, getting into the guitar um, and liking the sound of it and wanting to play it. So Yeah, I also, you know, have always had a a really solid ear for picking up melodies and stuff. So my dad tells stories of me being in the stroller and waking up from a nap and singing, like, jingles from the radio, like commercial jingles and stuff and Disney songs that I had heard and singing in full sentences at a really young age and him being like, wow, like, this is a unique, uh, (laughs) musical gifted child. So... It's always been a part of my life. Everyone in my family is a musician of some sorts, except my dad, but he's more just in the business side of things. And my mom can sing, my sisters both can sing, and my sister Jojo can play a couple instruments. My baby brother, he is about to go to Berklee College oh, wow. of Music in Boston, and he's wildly talented. I always say he's more talented in his pinky than I have in my entire body. He can play Every single instrument he, you know, comes across, he picks it up. And within five minutes, he's a master, bit of a savant like that. But yeah, it's a very musical family.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So it sounds like you guys all share this very special bond over music.
1: We really do. And, and you know, to, to kind of launch into Beatles territory um, in Chicago, one of the radio stations used to do breakfast with the Beatles every Sunday. And so the tradition was my, my dad would go to this little bagel shop called New York Bagel in Bialy. My dad's a New Yorker who, you know, uh, got a job in Chicago and ended up staying there because he loved it so much and fell in love with my mom. And breakfast with the Beatles, bagels, <laughs> that was our Sunday tradition. And I mean, probably, you know, go to church or temple, uh, whichever one they were feeling at the time.
0: <laughs> so the first time you heard them was at a young age and it was through the radio?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I mean, it was probably already a thing before I could have full memories, and definitely have pockets of my childhood that I completely don't remember at all. um, Thanks to, you know, trauma and (laughs) years and years of drugs. (laughs) But um, just to be frank. um, But I do remember those Sunday morning breakfast with the Beatles and bagels and all of that and having my dad kind of sing off key along to the songs. And and then I remember one of the first CDs we, you know, would always play in the car was like a Beatles number one, like hits uh, compilation album. We had all of their cassettes. Like, yeah, it was definitely a staple in um, my, my childhood in the family.
0: Did they influence your life in any way aside from just liking their music?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... I think musically, definitely, they inspired me. Um, I didn't really know too much about their history until very recently when I watched the Get Back documentary. Um, I, to be honest, and I remember, you know, I I wasn't born when John Lennon was killed, but my dad talked about it sometimes because he loved to tell us how celebrities that we like died and stuff. <laughs> like I remember, you know, with Queen. Um, Queen was another one that my dad would play constantly in the house. And I was in love with Freddie Mercury when I was a little kid. And I was just like, dad, I want to marry Freddie Mercury. And he was just like, well, he's dead. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how did he die? And he goes, well, there's this disease called AIDS. And and then he whipped out his rent cassettes, like from the musical. And he, he was like, this is a musical about AIDS. Um, if you want to listen to it and learn more about how Freddie died. Yeah, it's, you know, a disease you die from for you know, using dirty needles and having gay sex. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know what any of that meant. Uh, but I was just like, okay, yes, yes. Um, and then we talked about John Lennon and that he got assassinated and I knew what assassinated meant because of like JFK and MLK. Um, but I didn't know like a non-politician could get assassinated if that made sense. Um, so that's like a dark, dark thing. and And it kind of sent me on this spiral of googling celebrity deaths and stuff like that so i was like really into like Marilyn and natalie wood disappearing and all of that i've been a very death obsessed person for my whole life which is pretty wild um and then yeah when when i was i guess george harrison died in what 2001 yeah um i remember being kind of struck by that because i i'd you know known the beatles a lot you know for a long while for a kid at that point and being pretty shook up about that because George was always my favorite Beatle I definitely thought he was the most handsome and you know the most talented uh songwriter wise and so I remember being pretty pretty grief stricken by that as a little kid um but yeah yeah um I think they've been inspirational to me now as a songwriter like just how they transformed and rebranded themselves. And I always am really attached to musicians who were really good at recreating their sound and, but still somehow sticking true to themselves and their roots. Like Cher is one of them. Um, you know, I'm seeing Taylor Swift do that, to be honest. Um, oh yeah. 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 So I, I love a, um, a shape kind of archetype. I definitely fall into that as well myself because, you know, growing up with, my parents having their very like polar opposite tastes in music. Like my mom was really into like the divas and the, the singers and my dad was into bands, you know? So yeah. I grew and then I was into classical and then, you know, in high school, of course I had my like little emo pop punk phase and I, like, Avril Lavigne, Paramore, all that. And, you know, my band that I was in in high school was very anti Beatles. They were like, no, like that's like, bullshit like dad rock like let's play some metal and punk and stuff <laughs> you know so it, i've been all over the place musically but but now i've found myself returning to the the song um i returned to the most by them would have to be like she's so heavy I just, like, love that era of them. And also, like, don't let me down. So I, when I was watching the Get Back documentary, I was just like, oh, my God, they're doing all my favorites, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so it, it was uh, it was cool. and It was really interesting to, like, see all that, too. I was, like, shook. And it was honestly, like, a little too long for me. But I, I did watch all of it in <laughs> its entirety. Yeah, it's, like, like,
0: 12 hours.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch it in one sitting. But I definitely watched half of it in one sitting with my, my girlfriend. And we were just like, this is really just, like, 12 hours of them dicking around in the studio which is kind of cool but you know kind of need a break from that and we went back and watched Encanto, and then we came back to it (laughs) but yeah yeah
0: so earlier you said you didn't really know a lot about the beatles until you started watching the get back documentary did you find yourself looking up the beatles history as you watched the documentary
1: Yeah, I was sitting there Googling stuff. And of course I had seen, I hadn't seen, um, help or any other like their movies, except for yellow submarine was also a staple in our family. Like we would watch that on road trips. That was like always a tradition for us. We'd watch the VHS tape of it and we still have it. Um, I was actually at an Airbnb last week and they had it too. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, should we watch this? And we ended up watching Moulin Rouge instead, which I think has some Beatles in it. I think maybe a little, um, but yeah. Um and I'd seen Across the Universe too, like was obsessed with that. The first time I ever like ate a pot brownie, I watched a- <laughs> Across the Universe <laughs> after a gorillas concert and that was like super inspirational to me. Like I think the the reworking of um I wanna hold your hand as like a lesbian for me, I was like just like very enthralled by that. I was just like, oh my god. Um but I know I'm like a little all over the place. I'm a little like endorphined and caffeinated up after going to the gym, but like I with the get back documentary was I mean, there were parts where I was laughing out loud because they were so cheeky and funny. And the part where Yoko and John are just like screaming and like not really they're like kind of noodling around and screaming. My my girlfriend and I were dying laughing. Um <laughs> the part where George just like walks, I was just like, wow, like I didn't even realize like he had that like little brother kind of vibe because he was the youngest of them all and they really did treat him like second fiddle you know Mm. and and watching that i was like oh my gosh i feel for him even though i'm the oldest i definitely have that like not enough like always in the background because i you know pretty famously was like the bassist in school of rock and you know did kind of feel like i was an afterthought sometimes and even into my adulthood felt like I was like not as memorable as some of the other kids, but it's, it's wild. That's like completely just my ego and my fear of not being liked and stuff getting in the way of the reality. That is like a lot of people, you know, started playing guitar or bass because of me, which is wild to say. Um, Yeah. And definitely the other thing that I took from the get back documentary is like just watching them, write songs together was so interesting and seeing their process and then seeing um, Billy Preston come in and like the the way that they were just like, oh my God, you're saving us. I'm like, yeah, of course, a black musician is saving them because of course, like, (laughs) you know, and, and watching that, like watching him just be so excited to be playing with the Beatles. I was just like, oh God, it brought me so much joy. Let it be like hearing them write that like, oh God, I, I was definitely emotional at some points and my girlfriend was like are you okay I was just like no this is like so cool let it be is one of those songs that has like held me together in certain moments it's like one that I always go back to to you know self-soothe or it's definitely on my like when I need to connect to like a power greater than myself playlist like let it be is the first song on that that playlist so I, um, and here comes the sun as well. I mean, I prefer the Nina Simone cover now and in, in adulthood. And now that I'm more kind of in the soul, Neo soul and R and B kind of territory of my, Oh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Nina Simone's cover of here comes the sun is beautiful. Love. I love a lot. There are a lot of great Beatles, co- Beatles covers out there. Like Susie and the Banshees has a good cover of, um, uh, dear prudence. Um, I've seen a great cover that was like kind of a mashup at like my friend's band uh, did like a Christmas show and they mashed up Norwegian wood with my favorite things from the sound of music. And I was just like, Oh my God, I felt like I was tripping on acid. It was so good. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, 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 my, my actually, you know, before school of rock, I, I had expressed interest in my to my guitar teacher that I wanted to play, um, learn a Beatles song. And she was like, okay, like this one's good for classical guitar. She taught me blackbird. And that was the first non-classical piece of music that I had ever played. Um, and so I learned how to play and sing blackbird, which is really tough. Like when you think about it, cause the, the finger yeah. style is just crazy and you're all over that fretboard. Um, and then the second, um, Beatles song I ever learned how to play was while my guitar gently weeps a George classic and then shortly after that was here comes the sun so you know um but th- but then with school of rock we uh Joey Gatos who played Zach Mooneyham in the movie he was he was like a really good trained rock guitarist so we would jam and like we would hang out the the you know usually it was me Joey Gatos, Robert Sy, who played Lawrence, and then Kevin Clark, R.I.P., um, the late, great Kevin Clark, who played Freddie Jones. And we would, you know, have these rehearsals and we would always like warm up together and pick like a random song to play. And often we would do Day Tripper or (laughs) Hard Day's Night. And, you know, we'd all kind of just like half ass like sing along. And it was it was always such a great, you know, time to, to just like warm it up with with the Beatles or with whomever but it was like my first time being in a band and I remember being like yeah we're the fucking Beatles like we're gonna take over the world
0: (laughs) that sounds like a lot of fun yeah so did watching that documentary bring back uh memories of being in a band
1: of course I mean I have been in several bands since School of Rock I was in a band called um sweet revenge which we were kind of like a really we we, i mean there was a toxic relationship between the band um we like all (laughs) hooked up with each other it was like a whole thing and like oh wow i mean it was bad i was like in a like long ass uh like on and off thing with the drummer from that band and it was really not great um but i do miss like jamming and like just like having rehearsal and sitting there and like working out songs and fix fixing figuring out the kinks of things. And that was like, I mean, that's like one, like not great experience. I was in another band in college called star race. And we would, you know, we would do, um, shows all over Chicago, the big, you know, the big venues and opening for big acts and stuff. And and I really do miss that momentum of getting on stage and being in front of people and being seen and being a part of an ensemble, but my favorite, favorite experience ever playing with a band. I mean, aside from School of Rock, because that's just, like, unreal, having Jack Black as your lead singer, like, come on, you know, like, he's just so good, um, is I was in a collective called the Chicago Soul Spectacular. We would do covers of, like, soul classics, so, like, Stevie Wonder. Um, we did uh, a bunch of, like, Aretha. And I was I was merely a background singer, and sometimes if, like, we didn't have enough, uh, you know, Uh, vocalists, I would take the lead on some songs, but we, we have like, you know, eight vocalists and three background singers. And I was mainly doing like, shoo up, shoo up, like, you know, in the background and like, but like we did like heard it through the grapevine, all that. And like, it was just like, so cool to see like all, and all of us were like actors and like our day jobs, like we're, you know, restaurants and, you know, working in offices and stuff. But then like going to the rehearsal space to practice for a so Spectacular show was always just like, the best because it was like 20 of us crowded in this rehearsal space, just, just getting our lives and <laughs> singing the fuck out of these songs. And I just really, I do miss that a lot. And, you know, I'm in LA now and a lot of them are still in Chicago. Some of them are out here, some of them are in New York, but really like, I'm anytime I like run into one of them, I'm like, we got to get the band back together. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just, I've always loved um, playing in a band and, there's kind of been this like resurgence of like plays and musicals where there is a band on stage and I've gotten to do um, Chicago did a production of American idiot where all of the actors played instruments. So we didn't have like an orchestra per se, like we were the band that played the show and we acted it and told the story and danced and did all that. And that was like another situation in which I was like, Oh my God, this is like the most fun. I played bass and guitar in that show and had like a substantial role where I was acting as well, and it was just like iconic. It was like like absolutely so fun, like because rehearsals were not only rehearsing for a musical, but also band rehearsal. So
0: right.
1: it was just, I mean, dreamy. And and I can where always, you know, that was in twenty fifteen.
0: Have you been in any bands since then?
1: I mean, Soul Spectacular was. uh like the most recent thing I can think of, and I do my own solo stuff. I, I um, I'm a stand up comedian, and I do music. So, um, my sets when I do stand up are are like kind of similar to like Bo Burnham or um, Sarah Silverman, where I do jokes and then I pick up my guitar or I hit play on a track and I sing along to a track that I've written. Um, but other than that, like I've I've really <laughs> I've really been focusing on film. Um, you know, being a filmmaker and being an actor, screenwriter and all that. And I really do have fun with it, but I'm always down to like sit in and like sit with a band. And, you know, just today I was in the studio recording something for a project, like a a musical um, voiceover thingy where I had to, you know, it's for kids it's like really cute and just me doing voiceover work and singing as this like princess character (laughs) and you know even when I get to do that I feel like I'm you know tapping back into that inner child who just like really wanted to go home from school and play the guitar um I'm constantly singing uh throughout my day like people will you know call me a human jukebox where, you know, somebody says something that reminds me of a line from a song. I am singing that song.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, same.
1: I've always, yeah, I've been a very, very musical person. Like I said, like from the age of like zero, I've been very musical my whole life. So I think music will always be a thing that I do. Um, I write my own songs. I, I do write non-comedic songs as well. And I like don't really show them to people, but <laughs> I, I definitely have a bunch of voice note demos that i kind of yeah, i put them on my patreon if anyone's interested <laughs> hearing some of my loose um voice memo demos but yeah for the most part i'm i'm you know grounded and rooted in film for the moment but every opportunity that i get to sing or play is is one i cherish
0: if you could sit in on a session where the beatles are recording a song or an album, which session would you choose to sit in on?
1: Day in the Life.
0: Oh, that would be cool. What would you do in that session?
1: Um, I probably would just like watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would love to, or like, you know, even just to like play bass in a, on a Beatles song. Cause I'm not like, I'm, I'm to be fully honest, like I'm not that great of a guitarist at this point anymore. Cause I, I don't practice every day and take lessons every week. Like I used to when I was a kid. But bass is something that like, if somebody puts a bass in my hand, I'm like, really, really fine. And I love it. I, I would love to, I mean, Paul was kind of a dick in that documentary, by the way, like, I was kind of like, taken aback by it. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Um, You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, Yoko broke up the Beatles. I'm like, I don't know, Paul probably had a lot to do with it, too. Oh, yeah, Um, not to be controversial. He was like, such a dick to George. And, and, you know, that's my boy um I think I would probably just sit next to George and like play with his hair and comfort him <laughs> um yeah so
0: you would kind of be his Yoko then
1: I might <laughs> <laughs> if I could go back in time yeah I think maybe a little bit <laughs> would I go back and be George <laughs> Harrison's muse <laughs> yeah <Maybe. laughs> And now I'm gonna, oh god, it's stuck in my head. Now, have you seen that TikTok for Julia Fox? It's like, well, I was Josh Softy's muse when I was writing on Pop Choms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's stuck in my head. Oh now. my god, been like, yeah, oh. in my head <laughs> I was George Harrison's muse when he was writing Here Comes the Song.
0: We officially have to make that into a TikTok and have it go viral.
1: That's gonna be, yeah, that's gonna be in the, the TikTok for this episode.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> So, what's your favorite memory that's associated with the Beatles?
1: I I gotta say, like, it it definitely has to be a time where I did a Beatles. Co- okay, yeah, no, I have a really, I have a good one. I love cello. I I you know I I had to pick one up and play pretend to play one for School of Rock, but I I do have a dear friend in Chicago named Louis Rollinson who's an amazing cellist, and there was a show that would happen every month or so in Chicago. That was, um, I forget the name of it, but all of the proceeds from the show would go to a different charity every month. And, and there was, um, I think it was for like a national suicide awareness kind of uh, fundraiser thing. And um, me and my friend Lewis played Blackbird just to date, probably my favorite Beatles song to to play um, and to perform. And we did this like really like slow stripped down, sad, mellow, haunting version of it where he played cello, I played guitar and sang, and it's really kind of, uh, uh, yeah, haunting, I guess would be the, the word for it. And, and just feeling how quiet the room was and how um, focused in they were on the performance it was it was truly like weird almost like a portal had opened in my crown chakra or something and i felt like a witch like you know like conjuring up some kind of magic with this song that was the first song i ever learned how to play and sing at the same time was you know this this song that i kept coming back to and the words of you know you're always waiting for this moment to arrive um take your broken wings and learn to fly like how how powerful that is and and you know being able to use my my gifts and bring in a friend to to help raise money for suicide awareness and prevention um it was so beautiful um to be able to do that
0: oh that's so cool yeah You're that's that's like, top, that's like that's like maybe
1: one of my top favorite performances I've ever done it was just that one song that one night never did it again but wow yeah, really, really like kind of spooky (laughs) arrangement that me and my friend Lewis kind of pulled together.
0: Have you ever thought of doing a version like that professionally and like in the studio and putting it out on streaming?
1: I'm open to it. If he, yeah, Lewis is down and, and, you know, around, I'd be super down for that. I, I would, I would definitely put that out there. Um, but yeah, that, and then, then the other one would probably be the, the watching yellow submarine with my sisters, uh, while we were on our way to, Vegas for the family reunion of 2000, uh, you know, that, that movie is trippy and, and I love it. And then the other one is, um, during the pandemic, my, my sisters and I and brother, um, my dad had his 64th birthday, um, last year or yeah, in 2020, he turned 64. And so the four of us kids, we put together a little video virtually of the song when I'm 64, Um, it's so cute it's on my Instagram it was really it came together so cute because I mentioned all of us are musical and my dad loves the Beatles so we figured it would be a cute way to you know ring in his birthday a good birthday gift without having to spend any money (laughs) (laughs) we love him but we're also Jewish and cheap so (laughs) and I'm allowed to say that because I'm Jewish and cheap
0: (laughs) Well, well, sometimes those are the best kind of gifts because they're from the heart and they mean a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. they're they're. I mean, it's so special and, and I love my dad so much and, and his love for the Beatles, you know, obviously helped me get to where I am in a way.
0: What do you think it is about the Beatles that makes them so much more than just a band or like a rock band from the 60s?
1: Again, I think it's the way that they started and the way that they rebranded and transformed their sound so many times but still had that core essence of them they have that like je ne sais quoi. like really they're they're uh, there's nothing quite like them except for they get compared to or tame Paula a lot gets compared to the beatles which i don't really see that at all um i can't really think of a band that sounds like the Beatles except for like other Beatles cover tribute bands or whatever um and in the whole like Beatles versus Rolling Stones discourse I'm like they're really different from each other so it's kind of like apples and oranges you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah I, I I think they just have this je ne sais quoi that I I literally that means I don't know like I can't put my finger on what makes them so special, but right. seeing them them in the documentary writing together, I kind of got more of a, a window into why they're so special. It's just, they had that like language and they spoke the same language. They were kind of like soul brothers in a way. Um, and I'm sure they all had some like really freaky moments together when they were all tripping in India and, and all that. Um, and I love the the scene in Dewey Cox where um, the, the Dewey Cox like goes to visit oh, the Beatles yeah. and they yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> I always think about that, and I know like Jack Black was in that. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just I think. That's it. It's that they they have this kind of quality of I don't know why they're so good, but they just are. And I recently made friends with this chick who's like obsessed with the Beatles in like almost like a toxic way, where that's like the only band that she really cares about, um, like the Beatles and Billy Joel. Oh, wow. She's like very old school, but she like there's a serious radio station that's all Beatles, and we listen to that every time we go for a drive, and it's always nice. Like we we definitely. I've had the like whole, like, what are your top five, like, songs, chat, and, you know, try to guess each other's. And and it, she's, like, really brought them back into my life. And then when the the, the documentary came out, I was, like, on board because I, at first I was like, eh. Because I kind of, like, low-key lost touch with the, the, the music for a while of the Beatles and kind of stopped mm-hmm. caring because I get, you know, I, I find new music every day. Um, I'm definitely like a constant music on while I'm cleaning while I'm getting work done around the house while I'm walking while I'm working out learn you know a new artist every day that I've done hyper fixate on and become obsessed with but you know really like this friendship and then the documentary has like reintegrated me back into Beatles mania Uh, (laughs) in a way you know
0: so what kind of other music are you into now
1: like I said, I, I'm always blasting, you know, some kind of R&B, Motown, hip hop or, or neo soul or just soul in general. I love anything that has soul, which is why I'm kind of drawn to the Beatles when they started working with black musicians. Um, and, you know, I, I recently saw Erica Badu in concert and I've always loved her. Yeah. She was fucking amazing. Um, I saw Moses Sumney in concert on Halloween. He was fantastic. Um, I was going to go see Casey Musgraves ended up not being able to go, but I love Casey Musgraves. Um, her Christmas special iconic, absolutely love it.
0: She's great. I'm a board
1: again, Swifty. I, I definitely identify as a person who like had a brief period of like, Oh God, I don't really like Taylor or Swift. But then recently in recent years, I've, I've become a, a Swifty again, um, love Doja Cat. I think she's the artist of the century. I, I, I'm obsessed with her. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got like a, a pretty broad, versatile sense of what I like to listen to it. It really just depends on the day, but my, um, today while i was working out i was blasting the charlie's angels soundtrack because it's like not a single skip on the on the soundtrack whatsoever you've got that destiny's child independent women and then you've got heaven must be missing an angel and you've yeah. got barracuda and like <laughs> gotta give it up by marvin gay and like just like zigs and zags all over, but it's such a great soundtrack not a single skip um And then I'm a musical theater slut, absolute slut for musical theater. So I I just, you know... Uh, and and Disney too. So Encanto has been a, a, a fan favorite of the house. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend and I have seen Encanto several several times, almost like a mentally ill amount of times. And uh, the music is, it slaps. It's like so good. There's a song on that that soundtrack called um, Surface Pressure, and it's like the, the big strong sisters singing about like how much pressure she's under to like keep the family together. And I was just like, Oh, wow. oldest sister drama. I relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of what I'm into these days.
0: Can you tell us about the podcast you host? Are you still releasing episodes?
1: Yeah, we are in production for season two. Uh, New episodes are slated to come out in the summer. We're recording a bunch of new episodes right now. I'm about to go shoot a movie um, in March. So that's going to be like a month of me being busy as hell. Uh, busier than now if you can imagine that because I'm crazy busy it took us four times and I'm willing to say this on air I canceled like eight times and I'm very sorry about that um (laughs) my life has been wild the last couple weeks and just constantly working (laughs) Um, which is a blessing and I'm really grateful for it um but yeah I I feel like um we're going to have a great second season. I've got some great guests already in the uh, cauldron and a um, couple episodes that we recorded you know, last year that I ended up taking a break from editing because editing podcasts is, shocker, really hard. It is. <laughs> I like prefer to just be the face and the voice and not have to deal with all the technical stuff, which is really bougie of me. But you know, I'm a diva. What can I say? I'm a Leo. I'm a diva. And I've always been. Um, you know, it's that my mom It's my lovely, my mom, because she, you know, forced me to listen to Whitney and Mariah, uh, (laughs) the two (laughs) biggest demons of all time. But um, yeah, yeah, I I gotta say, I'm really excited for season two. I've got some great solo episodes lined up as well. Um, And it's a really fun show. I, I get to talk to fellow former child actors and child performers uh to get kind of a sense of where they're at and where we're both at spiritually mentally physically on the day um it's really a good practice in being present in your feelings and you know just your your circumstances Um, Mm uh without BuzzFeed kind of getting in the way because I kind of grow to resentment around seeing all these BuzzFeed articles about like former child stars where are they now and being like mm-hmm. Ugh, god like none of these are actually really accurate and what about like how are they <laughs> you know uh, um, yeah. rather than it just being like yeah Riff Reyes uh, did one movie and never worked again which is absolutely not true I've been a working actor since I was you know in School of Rock um, just so happens that The work I was doing was seen and loved and devoured by a a more curated, bespoke audience (laughs) Um, like that show where I played Blackbird, like American Idiot, which was a regional theater production, just because it's not on IMDb doesn't mean I stopped working, you know? Uh, So it's, it's a good, it's a good um, platform for uh, us child stars and, you know, adult whatever we are, um, to kind of talk about what our barometer for success is without it being accolades and awards and IMDb and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. And where can people find that to listen to it?
1: Where Are We Now is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Um, Yeah.
0: Rivka, I I have one last question for you. Where do you see the Beatles in the next 50 to 100 years from now?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, I think people will continue to listen to them. I think people will continue to cover them. Uh, I think they'll be kind of considered legends, um, icons, inspirational. I think people will continue to take influence from them but I don't think they'll really ever be replicated.
0: Except by and Paula.
1: <laughs> what about you?
0: Uh, it's so hard to say. I think that they're gonna start um, taking on characteristics of what Disney is like today.
1: Yeah, iconic. You know,
0: Mickey Mouse is always the same age since like 1920.
1: That's culture, you know? Like culture, the Beatles is right, culture, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and and in the worldwide even. You know, I feel like everyone around the world kind of knows who the Beatles are in a way. Um, would I consider them the best band of all time? No, but maybe the most influential, maybe the most popular, maybe the most talked about. Um, definitely some of my favorite songs in the world were written by, you know, with the Beatles, all of Mm -hmm. them. Right. Um, and Yeah, I think they'll just always have a a bit of a stamp. I'm sure we'll probably see some, you know, Beatles uh, NFTs. (laughs) I'm sure they already exist. (laughs) I'm sure they're already working on it. (laughs) I'd be happy to invest in that shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, just like sell one pixel of a picture of George Harrison's mustache or something like that.
1: Yeah, I take it. (laughs) Sign me up.
0: Rivka, is there anything you want people to go check out?
1: Yeah, keep your eyes out for Where Are We Now, Season 2, and get caught up with Season 1. A lot of great episodes already out there on Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere else you get podcasts. I would say follow my Instagram and my TikTok to keep updated on my whereabouts. Um, my Instagram and TikTok are the same handle. It's at Rivka.Reyes. If you want to see some really chaotic tweets, mostly about Euphoria, um, you can follow my Twitter, which is <laughs> at RivkaReyes. And I have a Patreon where I put out voice memo demos, um, ad-free episodes of my podcast, some, you know, poetry, a bunch of works in progress, tarot readings, things like that. And as far as what I'm working on, um, I'm about to go shoot Onyx, the Fortuitous, and the Talisman of Souls. If you're on TikTok and you know Onyx the Fortuitous or the notice me senpai guy, Um, he is directing and writing this movie that I am fortunately starring in with him. And it's gonna be a raucous romp and scary and funny. And I'm really excited to start production on that one.
0: Cool. And when is that projected to come out?
1: I'm not sure, probably sometime near the end of the year.
0: Oh, sweet. Well, Rivka, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. It was a blast having you on. That was really fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Jack.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Here, There, and Everywhere podcast. Thank you, Rivka, for coming on. Be sure to follow Rivka on Twitter at Rivka Reyes. Follow Rivka's Instagram and check out the podcast, Where Are We Now? If you like this episode, please rate it and leave a review below. Tell your friends about it, share it, and I'll see you next week.